There is no substitute for a wise, helpful teacher. There just isn't. Welcome to What's Best for Kids, the podcast that digs deep into what educators wish parents knew about education and what parents wish educators knew about parenting. I'm your host, Rob Copo. I'm the parent of two kids who went to public school, and I've been in public education for more than 25 years as a teacher, coach, and administrator. I'm currently the principal of Torrey Pines High School in San Diego, California, and every day I ask myself, what's best for kids? On today's episode, Don Collins is back on the show to talk about the increasing expectations on teachers and schools to solve the world's problems. When will we hit a breaking point, or are we already there? Don, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks so much. It's nice to be here. It's good to see you again. It's been a little while. It has, and uh, what school years to? ended. I've, I've been uh, I've been writing. The one year anniversary of my um, retirement was last week, yeah. and uh, I've set aside the mornings for writing um, both children's books and also a memoir that I actually started working with a former parent of a student who was a New York Times bestselling author and a coach of mine. Oh, wow. Yeah. You want to talk a little bit about the book at all, or do you want to wait and um, we can I, talk I think, about it then in a later episode? Yeah, I, we could talk about it at a later. I, I'll just gotcha. say that the, the what interested, I actually, 12 years ago, I was at a writing, the San Diego Writers Conference and met up with an agent who was very interested in my work with kids mm. for, at that time, particularly with at-risk kids. And uh, we started a relationship around the work that I've been doing with them and the, my background. And uh, so that's one of the books that I've got in the works right now. I also have to apologize. I, uh, I fully intended to have a box of um, blueberry Pop-Tarts without frosting for you. Um, as a callback <laughs> to an earlier episode, but... I know, I know your love of Pop-Tarts yeah, sans frosting. Uh, they didn't have them at Target yesterday. So I <laughs> oh, you shopped at Target? I, I did. I was there yesterday, yes. Oh, really? Really? <laughs> I didn't. See. It's a store near my house. Everybody relax. <laughs> they have stuff I need. <laughs> like clothes? Right. I'm not making a statement. I just needed toilet paper. Okay? So, what color was it? Oh, okay. We're going to go ahead and uh, start the podcast for real now. Um, all right. So thank you for being on this one. This is the last episode of the year, and I've been thinking about this one a lot. And there's a reason I've called it Fix Everything Everywhere All at Once. Yes, it's a reference to the Academy Award-winning movie for this year, but I just thought it was very uh, a very apt title for what I think is being asked of schools these days. It's been two years since the pandemic, and increasingly we're being tasked with fixing everything, everywhere, all at once. And last year, you know, we just come back off the pandemic year, and it was like let's focus on learning loss and social emotional learning. The kids are coming out after isolation. We kind of had this narrow focus. And then all of a sudden, I just feel like this year it became, okay, we did that. Now let's solve every other problem. And I'm kind of curious what you've seen from, you know, you've been away from it for a year. What are you hearing from your contact teacher friends and what are, what are, what are you, uh, what's your take on this? Right. So, so I think, to start with, um, 
since the pandemic in particular, I, I think everybody can agree that American society, American culture is uh, much like this reference to Target we just made. Things are tense. Things yes. are uh, things are going everywhere all at once, whether it's climate change issues and, 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 and the environment or the fentanyl crisis. Um, there's just so many different issues that America needs to address. And the kids feel that the kids, uh, kids are especially high school kids are aware of it, but whether they're aware of it or not, uh, kids that are with parents that are struggling around bills and money or gas mm. prices, um, they're picking up, they're hearing the agitation, they're, you know, the, they're, they're feeling the stress. They're probably getting, I know when I'm upset or frustrated, sometimes I, I'm, I'm less patient with my boys myself. So, um, you know, I think that this, this is a vibrating issue that, that, uh, that is more global than what was previously just around the pandemic where, you know, we're, we're now no longer focused on wiping off every can with a, with a wet wipe and, yeah. and it's gotten much more bigger. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, yeah, teachers are stressed. Teachers are overworked. Uh, you know, teachers are feeling like there's just not enough time. Um, uh, and, and I think that I know that that year coming back after the pandemic was much harder than actually, I, I mean, the going from the classroom to all online over the summer, you know, that decision was made really in August that we were going to stay online and then put turning all of our classes. I taught two different classes that had no book and I had to basically recreate online programs uh, without a book. That was massive. And, and and the weekends were easily, uh, every two weeks would be five hours of additional time logging in grades in addition right. to whatever grading there was. Yes, technology can reduce grading. However, technology can also be burdensome when it's not um, a streamlined. It's not all chat AI. Right. Chat AI? Really? I, I meant chat GPT. AI, the AI technology. Te again, technology is amazing, but when, when it's when it's uh, product, you know, like I love my iPhone 14. The iPhone one was a little glitchy, right? So likewise, trying to do uh, adding this technology component, there were there was I would every two weeks I would do ten hours of additional online grading because we had three different. I had to operate through three different online grade books right. between the the district's thing, my own, and 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 Google teaching whatever. The point was. Uh, the, the year was amazing and successful. The kids learned a lot. It was massive. Coming back, I thought that it would be easier, but we were all struck with how the emotional, the lack of emotional development, the lack of, and then the lack of older students, um, influencing younger students. So rather than yeah. seniors acting like seniors, seniors were acting like sophomores and the sophomores were acting like eighth graders. And, you know, you don't need a class, you don't need a high school filled with sophomores and eighth graders for behavior issues. I mean, you, you've got to have some upperclassmen behavior, which and how much of that gets corrected. Right. And we've talked about that in other. So yeah. And I, I want to hit that in a um, we're going to talk about the preview for season two later at the end of this night, because you and I are going to do a whole episode on what we learned about education in the pandemic. Yep. And that was one of the big ones was the influence of. Uh, the hierarchy, especially yes. at a high school of uh, the upperclassmen and what seniors mean to freshmen and, and juniors and sophomores and, and watching that hierarchy happen. 
but um that's uh I, i'm loving the construction noise well it's been nice for me for the last six months i mean it's just sure yeah <laughs> the one i will say the one part that has been I'm sure the, the listeners enjoy the, it right now too <laughs> i will well the listeners may not maybe you could put a picture of the little uh bulldozer they have out front my boys oh, love, i'm definitely taking a picture for instagram of that <laughs> well the boys love looking and watching at the watching the bulldozer so that's the one bonus of the construction next door this will this will be a thing for the real fans if they actually scroll to the second picture on instagram because <laughs> they listened to the episode and knew to scroll to the second picture so, get um, prepared they're digging ditches but uh that's kind of my point is so so know, teachers did all that and, and so then, first then we, we do the technology thing during the pandemic yeah then we do the behavior stuff which again was massive trying to correct and corral and i mean we just saw things uh at the high school that we hadn't seen in years i mean there was just much more behavior issue in every way that that is and and there were many many kids that rose up and 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 just continued to succeed which was amazing to see as well and kids that learned a lot about themselves and their ability to handle adversity but this last year i i mean this the year that just ended now uh, there is a more, you know, the behavior issues gotten more corrected, although I, I still don't think it's where it was prior to the pandemic. I think we're still seeing issues around that. No, oh, I, we're going to talk about that today. <laughs> boy, have I got some stories. Yeah. Well, so in addition to that, now we've also are looking wider and are lifting our head up from where we were, you know, that we're not so hyper-focused on wiping our groceries down and everything. And, and, and I think that that's where all of the societal issues and certainly as parents, the concern about drugs or, uh, you know, in San Diego homelessness or, you know, and all of these things compound. Yeah. Are they building the freedom tower next door? <laughs> Is that why that's, okay. you can think of it as the sound of freedom. That's what, okay. that's what we all used right. to tell. I was at an air mm. force F 15 base. And, and whenever the planes went overhead, we always, <laughs> I like that's that. the sound of freedom. That, that makes more sense than what we're listening to <laughs> couldn't have recorded in my office i had to be at your place i gotta go pick up the boys all right fair enough so no back to the, back to the topic um so speaking of the behavior issue like one of the big things that we just did not expect to have hit as hard as it did this year was vaping in our bathrooms mm. we know vaping's been an issue for a while um it was an issue um even pre-pandemic right um but i think it got exacerbated during the pandemic i think uh, more and more students were using during the pandemic, uh, ironically, at home. Well, and, and again, vaping is an anxiety thing. Sure. And and sure. so people are feeling anxious, and this is handy. And it became a thing this year, uh, and this was nationwide. Bathrooms were being vandalized. Uh, kids would go in there to vape during the school day at any hours, and it became a hangout. And I I'm not kidding, uh, on several occasions, we would have our female APs go into the girls' bathroom, and there'd be girls sitting on the floor having lunch in the restroom. I can't think of a place I'd want to have lunch less than in a restroom at a high school. Maybe at a bus station, um, but I mean, it, it was it was like this hideout to get right. away from the chaos was kind of crazy to us, and we weren't really prepared for us to be dealing with that. So I'm not kidding, we were on rotations, anytime you left a meeting, you walked through and did bathrooms, the bathrooms. And then we would get the emails all the time. My son could never, ever go to the bathroom. And I'm like, every time I'm in there, there's nobody there. Right. Uh, now that's not entirely true. Obviously, sometimes we would find some kids and all that. 
but not nearly what it was being played up as, but it was still a problem. I'm not going to say this was not a problem because it was, but that was the behavior issue that we just hadn't seen before. I mean, smoking in the bathroom has been around. Well, it's, it's we two say, hit songs. Smoking in the boys' room. Smoking in the boys' room, right? Exactly. I prefer the Motley Crue version personally, but you know, I'm an old school one. But I obviously love the crew. All right. Um, so that's not a new thing, but it, it it's taken on a new um, power, significance, frequency, uh, because and, the access to those devices are is way higher than it used to be as cigarettes. And they've even changed the laws in California. I mean, in January there was new anti vaping laws, and uh, you know, against the companies and and making it stricter, and uh, I think also restricting the the flavors. You know, much like right. the cigarettes, they're they're going for younger people. Um, well, I'm thrilled about the jewel case. It was nice to see someone get actually held accountable for this. Right. You know, we, we'll talk a little bit about phones later too, and we're starting to see a little bit of accountability there. Um, well, I'll get it. I do want to revisit a little bit of the Seattle lawsuit that we've talked about earlier in the let's in, do in it. season. But um, yeah, I'm sorry I cut you off. Well, what I, what I would say is when I hear kids were eating in the bathroom. And they're not eating there because they're afraid. I mean, there's certainly those kids that try to find an isolated place because they don't feel safe. Um, but a group of girls eating in the bathroom floor, that feels more like uh, somebody sitting in the closet because they feel that when I say uh, like sitting in the closet feels emotionally safe in the way that eating with my friends in a bathroom feels away and separate and yeah. special, um, even though it's a bathroom floor and gross. Right, right. That's like, <laughs> where is that filter? Like, mm, maybe not. You know, so I'm many thinking the five options. second rule does not apply oh, in a okay. high school bathroom That's too floor. far. We're going to have to edit this out. Let me check. Hold on. We're at. Why do you always edit my stuff? Why don't we minutes. ever edit your stuff? Uh, because I run the podcast. Come on. <laughs> Um, and I have a very fragile ego. Um, all right. It's, um, so many things. To hear. Are you really like, going to edit that out? No, I'm not going to edit that out. We're still, they're still listening. No, I'm not. You, well, you're looking at the time. That's what they come back to the podcast with you. Uh, these episodes for, for all the stuff you for us to out. get off topic and uh, for me to make fun of you and for you to laugh at it. And <laughs> That's my favorite part of the podcast too. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Um, listen to me be mean to you and for some reason you take it. I don't know why you keep coming back. Um, well, because you came here. I didn't come back. You came to me. Oh, that's a good point. And now we're listening to the longest jackhammering in the history of humankind. And Floyd and Stanley are missing it. They are going to be new podcast subscribers just for construction sounds. Oh, yeah. There's nothing that a five-year-old likes more than... Jackhammers and bulldozers. Well, that's true. No, it literally is their favorite. That is thing. their favorite thing. Now yeah. I think about it. So I, uh, we are they now, think you schedule this for them. <laughs> well, thanks, Daddy. We're well. They stop right when the boys come home. No, of so course they do. I would have to start filming. But now that I have the podcast coming here, I don't have to. I can just. When I lived in New York for a couple of years, we lived <laughs> on Columbus Avenue. We really are just going yes, to bird walk. The, <laughs> See you we, later. When we moved in. They started digging up the road for oh new water lines. I'm not kidding you. The day we moved out two years later, they were packing up the equipment. I'm like, jackhammering for two solid years. And I worked in the apartment. I didn't go someplace. I worked out of the apartment anyway. All right. 
So I just have to say the last thing, because I'm going to add Floyd and Stanley one more thing. We've had show and tell. Friday's a show and tell at their preschool. And every week, Thursday night, I mean, it is hours of deciding what is going to come. And invariably, every single week, it's a different construction vehicle. (laughs) It's a a backhoe loader. I mean, they have not shown and tell anything without four wheels or treads uh, in 40 weeks. Showed and telled? Shown you're, and you're told. You're a teacher, right? Shown and told. I don't know. <laughs> What's the past? See, again, it's easier for me to make fun of you and pretend like I know <laughs> and watch you struggle. Shoot and toed. <laughs> Shoot and toed. No, neither one of those are words. Well, toed is a short version of attitude, but anyway. Okay. And in three, two, one. I'm kidding. So, in addition to vaping, is my point. <laughs> We, we have had to, and this, this was spurred on a meeting with my team the other day, like uh, Rebecca came in and was like, you know, we've really got to do a staff development piece on and then just fill in the blank. And this year we implemented uh, DEI mm-hmm. uh, training for our whole staff, uh, which was important work to do and was really productive and got the staff closer, but it's also challenging work. But as we all know, uh, Recently, the stat was out that the number one killer of teenagers is guns. Uh, so we've got school safety right. issues to deal with. Um, suicide prevention is still a hot topic and an important topic because it is the number two killer of, uh, of uh, kids. Um, and, think, and we wonder why they're vaping. We right. wonder why they're anxious. Right. We well, I'm, I'm going to get to what I think connects all of these, and I can't wait for that episode of the podcast in season two. Um, <laughs> teaser. Yeah, teaser alert. Which was another Motley Crue cover. We've got political division. We've got the rise in hate crimes. We've got cyberbullying, safe driving habits, e-bikes, and as you mentioned, artificial intelligence. I mean, I can't tell you, on graduation day, we had students who rode through campus on e-bikes deliberately. Like, they've become these new weapons of chaos. Like, look what I can do with this moped. (laughs) And I'm like... And then, and then we get the, why didn't you train the kids how to use it? I'm like, I didn't buy them the bike. Right. You know, why am I training them how to use it? I will say, and I've actually stopped by a neighbor's house um, to let him know that his teenage 13, 14 year old son is an exceptionally safe. I've watched the boy stop at stop signs. He always has his helmet on. And I told the dad that and as the kid came up to the driveway, yeah. I said, oh, and I wanted to tell you something about your son on this bike. And of course, the dad was ready for yeah. <laughs> uh, And I just said, I frosted this kid's cake so high. However, there are other kids in the neighborhood who are, it's the wheelie contest to see how far down the street they can ride their wheelies. And I will say most of them have helmets on, which is a big deal because other than, uh, I mean, you've got TBIs from elderly, uh, 65 and older, slip and fall in the bathtubs. Right. Um, But the other issue is sports, girls cheerleading, boys soccer, boys football, uh, TBIs. But otherwise it's skateboarding, bicycles, and certainly uh, e-bikes. Yeah. Um, it just is so brutal, the, the, the statistics, and nobody thinks about it until it affects them or a neighbor or somebody in the school. And yeah, and it's, it, and all of these are serious issues and need to be dealt with, but is it's, school it's been, place? what are, are you guys doing a training on this? I'm like, well, we can, we'll, we'll try to work that out. But remember, we're still trying to get your kid into Stanford, right? you know, like we're still teaching AP Chem and English and PE, like we were built to do that. And then 
the world keeps inventing new things right. really, really quickly, speaking of AI and, yep. and phones and, and e-bikes and all that, and then throwing them out there without the same sort of regulations. And right. then everyone's looking to the school because the common denominators, the kids all go to a school. Everybody goes to school. So I'll go to the school because they're about education, right? So the kids need to learn something. So we haven't been designed to teach everybody everything everywhere all at once. And really, uh, it's been 10 years now since uh, the 5, 4G, 5G technology yeah. with phones. And in the last decade, the infiltration of minds, brains with uh, social media and the immediacy and, and, and as, as in addition to the immediacy of information and online demand, whether it's Netflix or YouTube or Instagram or whatever, and TikTok, but you also prime is delivering same day to, you know, put 25 bucks in your cart and get it in two hours. I mean, the, the idea that anything that anybody has to wait for anything ever is, is an inconvenience and, mm -hmm. and the idea of producing a novel or producing, uh, you know, any kind of work that takes months or years to do is much, uh, a much harder sell. Absolutely. And we've got a structure where sit in this chair for a hundred minutes, right? Four times a day. And we wonder why they're walking around like caged tigers. Exactly. You know? uh, exactly. Yeah. And and the, and the reason I bring up the phone thing is we've never addressed that. I mean, not fully, not really, not. I mean, France banned them five or years ago from classrooms and schools. But um, I mean, it's affected behavior so much, and and it's affected both teen brains and be, teen behavior so much that classroom management is an entirely different. When you talk about classroom management today, mm -hmm. it's a different animal than classroom management twenty years ago. Before it was about kids turning and handing notes and talking and not paying attention. Now kids don't even talk to each other. Yeah, they, they, we were worried about whether somebody was wearing a hat indoors. That's right. In or 80s. chewing gum. Right. Like, oh, chewing gum. How dare you? <laughs> you know. And now, yeah, the, it's a very different world. Completely different. Well, you know, eighties is forty years ago now. Yeah, I saw that the other day. I thought you were going to send me that meme, and thank you for not doing that. <laughs> I like to send the other ones. <laughs> you know, I had a uh, speaking of another serious subject that I know you a lot of know a lot about. I had a a really productive, uh, kind of heart wrenching meeting yesterday talking about um, fentanyl mm -hmm. and prevention and awareness yep. and one of the there was four people there and um, you know well meaning hardworking, passionate people on the subject want to want to make a change because we all know we've got a crisis going on out there. And one of the people in the meeting was a, a parent who had lost her son. Yep. Um, and they were coming in wanting to know what we could do. And it's like, how can we plan it? How can you get to the kids? And they're just great energy. And it was a, a bit of a delicate dance for me to say, look, I applaud everything you're doing. I support what you're doing. I come from a family that suffered through addiction as well. Uh, but here's everything we have to do. And they were amazing because they sat and they thought we hadn't really thought about all that. I go, mm -hmm. I've got to worry about suicide prevention last year because we've lost four students yep. in six years. I've got to uh, address the fact that the you know, rise in anti-Semitism and we're in no place for hate school. And I've got to keep that going. And I went through the list of all the things and they just went, okay, we hear you. So we're going to work with you now. What would be effective because 
we're drinking from a fire hose right here at the school trying to hit all this stuff and yet the work they want to do is work that needs to be done and is good work and right. that's what's so frustrating. I'm worried that it becomes this dam that nothing can get by because there's just too much going through. Right, right, right. And 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 I, you know, Red Ribbon Week has been a thing that has been very effective at Tory and um, and nationwide schools. You know that there is an institutionalized uh, time to 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 address that. Um, but fentanyl, the numbers are just staggering. Yeah. You know, when you look at we were over 105,000 deaths you're talking a half a million or at least a quarter million hospitalization overdoses uh, that did not result in death. Um, I, I want to give a, a shout out and, and, and an acknowledgement. Rocky Heron, uh, the uh, retired DEA agent, San Diego County, has been hired by San Diego County as the uh, drug uh, in, um, reduction ambassador. Uh, he, I just saw on um, LinkedIn that he's gone over a million miles traveling. He's, uh, you know, pre presented to hundreds of thousands of kids. Um, and he does incredible work in San Diego County. And we need an army of Rocky Herons. And we need, um, and we need that at the sixth grade level, at the fifth grade level, at an age appropriate um, prevention message. Uh, as well as high school. And, and and personally, I think we need some kind of message like that every year because, you know, everyone's plate's full and kids forget. And yeah. it's one pill one time can kill you. And that's the thing. Uh, as someone that now has, I, in fact, I will say this, that I had a former student from 20 years ago, he's 36 now, contact me uh, for help. Uh, he was someone who was struggling with uh, marijuana use at 14 uh, that advanced into drinking and drugs and uh, very successful, graduated, finished college, but found himself very lonely and, 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 and trapped in addiction again. Um, I, I'm happy to say he's 35 days sober, which is super cool to That's see. Um, and, and really on a road to changing what's going on in his life. But 20 years of suffering and he graduated in 2006. From that class alone, there are 10 students we've lost from drug drug addiction uh personally more than 20 students i've had that that sat in my classroom i've had the conversation with that have passed it is brutal and and so and i feel for the parents mm -hmm. we've had parents come and speak to students at red ribbon week um it definitely is something that parents need to understand it's that fentanyl kids are buying pills or getting pills from friends and thinking that uh their their pharmaceuticals from a company because they look like that but the 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 uh the drug dealers have the same pill presses you right. know or it's all powder and you can't tell or things are laced with it um it, that that conversation is a really important one uh and that open line of communication with kids is really important yeah and it's as i was talking to him the the practical reality of it is trick you know we can't get can't get 2,600 kids into our gym. Number right. one, it's not big enough. Right. Number two, as I explained in, in the community, we pull them out for this and I'll get feedback that'll say, you taught my kid how to do drugs. Why did you do that? Right. Or why did you take time away from their AP bio class? Cause they've got an exam coming up. And so it's this constant push and pull of trying to find a way to address these issues because I do think we have a responsibility to hit these big issues they affect our kids affect our community affect our family 
we are a unifying galvanizing entity in the community yep. we're a resource so i don't want to say hey i'm too busy i can't do all this stuff but right. i i do like to measure twice and cut once right what's the best way to to do this because you know, uh, it is a bit like trying to make an omelet while you're driving a car. Like it's possible, but it's going to be messy and, um, you're going to be I distracted. Green, behind and I didn't wheel. want green peppers in my omelet. Can yeah. you make me Who a does? different it makes the omelet watery <laughs> and it's, I don't like green peppers in my omelet either. Uh, give me a classic ABC and I'm happy. Um, but the, the other, the, the factor, and, and one of the things I loved, uh, and I'll give a shout out to our friend, Abby Brown who only taught AP classes, a high level math classes, she said to her classes, and I was actually there when she would bring her kids to, to these um, presentations and the speakers, that whether or not they struggled with drugs or were involved, that they would, they would meet people and, and they may have family members or friends at college or people at work that they eventually work with. And having an understanding of what these people were saying was important for their development and their yeah. maturity. Yeah. And to take a, you know, you're, yes, of course, not every single kid is involved with drugs, thank God. But to, to be aware of what's going on so that you could offer assistance or, or offer resources, that's important. And as you said, uh, um, whether it was one or two assemblies with a thousand, fifteen hundred, or two thousand kids, that is not the most effective way usually right. with a speaker. Although I will say, Rocky, uh, you know, and he's presented say, multiple might times. Be the exception he has, right. without question, touch kids and just uh, because his message is so strong, and he's got such uh, um, um, an authentic. And uh, you know, thirty three decades of experience yeah. with with the photos and the videos and, yeah. and all the information. So, and I got to thank you, Rocky's been a Tory a, a number of times. Thanks to you, so I appreciate that very well, much. Well, and fortunately, now he's part of the, you know yeah. the, the the San Diego County Office of Education. He's available to everybody in the county for free, and 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 it's finally after ten years of presenting. He has now finally got superintendents and people calling him and asking for him to show up rather than trying to encourage people to make time. Yeah, yeah. Because every principal and every superintendent's facing the same issues. We've got all these frameworks and standards and, and, and educational uh, benchmarks to meet. And, and at the same time, uh, if kids are doing drugs and don't understand the dangers, not only uh, does none of that other stuff matter, but it just affects the entire community, just like when we lose a student to suicide. Right. I mean, it's, it's, it's a, uh, just brutal. Yeah. And I, I recently had a conversation with some friends who were in town and it was interesting. I hadn't seen them in a while. And, uh, we were talking about, you know, their kids are now out of, uh, uh high school as well and going into college and my kids are in college and, and we were sort of reminiscing on the, the high school years and that sort of thing. And we were talking about recent issues. And these are people I know well, people I love, like family to me. And they were pushing me a little bit on why shouldn't the school have to do all of these things? Like, why isn't there more at the school site? And I'm like, guys, you know me. You know, I'm running a large comprehensive site that uh, is built for core subject education, some social emotional support, of course. But the things the world's throwing at us is just too much too fast. Like, why should we be expected to do that? We've become the default social service for anything that's out there with teens. 
And that has been growing, I'll say, since the 70s or 80s, whether yeah. that, I yeah. mean, you know, when I started teaching 26 years ago, we had bloodborne pathogen that was like an hour long mm -hmm. and we had uh, uh, child abuse, which was maybe an hour in person with, a, you know, now, especially that, that they can track everybody with the videos and that videos are tailored where they can, you know, uh, they can continually send the district and and the state right the state passes the law that they want child trafficking uh education for teachers which is important right yeah you're right mandated, that's another one that we've been mandated doing, yes. reporters yeah and and when you hear the numbers of hundreds of thousands of kids that are trafficked every year mm -hmm. well gosh you know a teacher should be educated on this but uh, you know where where where's the line and how is it that teachers are expected for this all of this and at the same time vilified right and right. i think that as teachers are, are i think the common sense of frustration is here we are expected to on one hand be trained with guns and do concealed carry in the classroom as mm -hmm. if teachers are supposed to shoot at students or expected that that could be something they'd be challenged to do uh keep them safe take bullets for kids uh which teachers have yep right yep and um, and then at the times, same time, sadly. you won't trust us with decisions around books or decisions around uh, curriculum issues. Uh, it is, uh, you know, that is a difficult thing, I think, for most teachers. I agree. I think it's, it's put a strain on the system that we're just, we're just now really feeling. I mean, the teachers have been feeling it for years, but coming out of the pandemic, it has really started to flood, I noticed this year. It was so much more significant. It's the politicization of it. To, to a point, I, I will respectfully disagree in that I don't know that it's just that. I think it's for me. Not just that. Right. I, know I think it's just, the volume. I think the, without the, question, without the, question, it's just something else hits the news cycle. And now it's I get the emails. What are you doing about? Yes, whether it's human trafficking. Then it's fentanyl then it's the next one and right when you start one thing somebody's throwing it at you that you didn't do enough on this other thing that they read an article about right or that's important to them and we're trying to do all of them and be all things to everybody at, uh, at all times and that is backbreaking uh and, and unsustainable and teachers feel that and whether they're whether it's in their classroom or in their county every teacher is concerned about are they going to be a target for one parent that writes some uh, complaint and, and then it gets directed and, and who's going to have the teachers back and, and support them uh, on top of all the other pressures around what's happening in, in the classroom. And don't forget to teach Algebra 2. Yeah, let's, let's not forget the minefield that every social science teacher has to go through because you've got to teach right. history. So history is one version of events that's in the textbook and there are multiple versions. And now we're living in an information age or, or some will say a disinformation age where uh, we have to question truth and, or, uh, and teachers are trying to navigate that on a regular basis. And it's not just social science, it's math, it's science, it's, science, it's, science. it's English, right. right. And they, uh, teachers are walking this minefield while students are in there recording them without their knowledge, uh, sending it home, sending it viral. And it's, it's really sad to and be honest to see it's overwhelming for everybody. And I see the strain on my staff's face. They're in it for the right reasons. They're trying to do the right things, 
but you've got a thousand people looking over your shoulder at all times saying, why'd you do that? Why'd you do that? That's not the right way to do it. You've offended me. And it makes it almost impossible. So they clam up because you, you get it's into, natural. yeah, it's, it's a, a natural, natural reaction. You know, you get into safety where it's like, okay, I'm just going to focus on this piece right now. We're just going to try to get through it, which is no. damaging to the relationship with the kid in the classroom and the, and the content. And it's, I just, I can't, I don't know if I can describe it any other way than walking blind through a minefield. You're just hoping. And I would add to that, in addition to everything you said, which is all, you know, that certainly the experience, there is the additional idea that, you know, I had an experience two years ago where I was talking about, I was doing something around inspiration and I was talking about Helen Keller and half of the class did not believe that Helen Keller was a real person that had lived, wow. that uh, they didn't believe Helen Keller was really blind, that she was really deaf, that she had tricked the doctors, that she, you know, so there were varying degrees of either she wasn't a real person and all of these photos of her with all the presidents, you know, because I started to show them pictures on Google, you know, here she is. She met Kennedy. She knew FDR. She was good friends with Eleanor Roosevelt. No, no, no. That's all just Photoshop or just that she was a person, but had tricked everybody and, you know, that tricked the doctors, you know, as a, as, as an adult who grew up, you know, re, I mean, I read Helen Keller's biography when I was in yeah. sixth grade, um, autobiography, uh, it, 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 it it's, it's so, it knocks, it knocked me off my foundation where I was off balance to even know how to respond. It was so shocking. Yeah, right. Yeah. And in that moment, I mean, that's when the iron's hot. So I don't, you know, I have to get my balance because uh, we're not going to be talking about Helen Keller tomorrow. We're talking about it today. Although I did go back and revisit it because I couldn't, you know, I, I, I couldn't let it go. Yeah. You know, cause I just really had to confront the notion like what and it, but it got much more global. What do you trust? Is there anything that's, is there anything true? Does any, is there any, I mean, certainly there's different versions of, of, of events or history or, but you know, I mean, Michael Jordan, I think he's the greatest basketball player in the world, but people could argue there are other ones. I'm a Knicks fan, so I'll argue. <laughs> Patrick Ewing? <laughs> no, I'm not going to say Patrick was better than MJ. Uh, so Thank you. I, no cards and letters, <laughs> Michael Jordan. My son and I have this argument because the big topic is, is it LeBron or MJ? Right. And of course, people my age think it's... Uh, MJ, he's going to argue LeBron, but we're not going to get down that rabbit hole. Because to your point, um, you know, you were talking about the iPhone for what are they on the iPhone 14 and 14? Oh, wait, it just changed to the 15. <laughs> what did you oh, look now? It's on 16. It's radio um, and you're looking at your watch. Right, because the iPhone changes about every seven minutes. I know, but nobody can see you do that. Should I take a picture and make it the third picture behind the bulldozer? We could do that. Wait, so they can't see me looking at my watch right now? <laughs> Uh, you know, you see the ad and they had with that, the photo editing technology where you can erase somebody in oh, the yeah. background. So I'm like, okay, well, there goes any evidence we've ever collected about things when kids have photos of something that happens. Like now we can't trust any of that. You've got AI that can create those photos as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, so we had write papers, right? We've now institutionalized disinformation, right? So now we won't trust anything. And now you're going to ask a teacher to walk into a classroom with 40 teenagers who can do all of that on their phone and somehow get them to appreciate the great Gatsby. Right. Good luck with that. Yeah. That is one heck of a challenge. 
And while you're doing that, we're going to question you all the time, question all your motives, question what you're doing, your ability to do it, even though you're trained and you've got a master's and you've been doing this for 20 years. Because uh, you went to high school 20 years ago. Right. Because you were in school once. Uh, so it's, I really feel for the whole system right now. And I've seen the strain and I'm curious if you have, have your teacher contacts reached out to you? Yeah, this well, year you know, similar? I, I'm still, I, what I would say it's, I, I'm in contact with my friends. Um, but, but it's more on Facebook yeah. even where I've seen teachers that have said this year, uh, you, you know, uh, was brutal. Um, I've got to focus. I mean, teachers have actually, uh, posted, I need to, recalibrate and focus on me first. Now I've got to take, I need more self-care. I mean, I've seen yeah. several uh, um, uh, teachers that alluded to the demand of this last year, that the demand was just massive. And, and as a teacher, I mean, I can say in 25 years, I, I left it all on the field. Yeah. I never finished a year and felt like I, I gave half. Uh, or right. a quarter or whatever. I just, th that's not how I was built. In fact, there are some years I look back and think, how did I do that? You mm -hmm. know, um, but you, you do it cause you're in it in that moment. And, and I love doing it. And, and of course it's the kids. I mean, why did, why do teachers do it? Because of the kids and the families. Right. I mean, there's just, and I know, um, I'll say personally, I, our, our boy, um, and I'm not sure what it was, but about a month ago, his behavior started to get, they get little green cards at the end of the day. And he yeah. was, you know, he's not creating, he was four, so he was not creating disturbances, but he's just in his own little world. And But you've already bought him an e-bike, right? <laughs> and he's got a smartphone? I, that kid with the wheelies, that right. was mine. Yeah. Um, but there was, a, there was a teacher, a veteran, 47 years, she's retiring this year. I'm so grateful that we got her last year, her, her there her last year but she created this necklace for him that has the little skills that he can work on that day he's gotten a green card every day for the last two weeks right and he feels better about himself but it was her inner 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 interceding creating a, a little strategy to, to get him more some, some control and some choices and what do you know i mean you've got an effective teacher was able to turn around the entire thing so that he finished his year strong yeah i, I am you know, I, I got letters, I got lots of emails from parents who appreciated me as a teacher for their kids. Now I'm the parent just thinking, I am so glad this woman is in his life yeah. to give yeah. him the direction and help him. And I, and that will never, that will never go away. There is no substitute for a wise, helpful teacher. There just isn't. And I, and we need mentors and teachers, um, in our lives as adults. You know, I have mentors in my life. I talk to, uh, uh, you know, multiple people uh, every week. Uh, my mom included is somebody that I talk to multiple times and share what's going on. And uh, but I also have some some seventy five year old people that are further along that I respect, and I'm in touch with them, telling them about what's going on, and you know, to get feedback and direction and and attaboys. Right. I need those too. Right. I'm glad you shared that, uh, uh, very much. And I, I'm curious cause I know how well connected you are in the teaching community. And once you're a teacher, you're always a teacher that doesn't go away. Right. And you've got that new parent perspective where now you're on the other side of it and watching them come up and yep. watching kids make mistakes and learn from them. And then you have a good teacher, encourage them in the right direction. Um, I mean, 
obviously he's not going to be able to get into Harvard because of the <laughs> the marks. Right, yeah, the he marks. missed he so, missed three green cards. So I am I'm sorry about, about that. that. So, but he is bilingual. Um, but he's into construction, so he'll be fine. <laughs> That's uh, right. So, but like you know, the, one of the new things that has hit us from the admin perspective is this. When I was talking about talking to my old friends the switch that I think has been flipped a little bit, then again, the common denominator is the school. So we get contacted all the time with, uh, my kids got bullied over the weekend, uh, via social media. Right. And here are the kids who did it. Right. So what are you going to do about it? Right. And I'm like, and we all look at each other and go, obviously we're going to intervene. Yep. Because we want to support all of the students involved, but are like, where is that jurisdictional line? Well, you know, I, do you really want me involved? I mean, think about us. There's four of us, four administrators for 2,600 kids on social media. So now we're on 24 7, 365 because a phone I didn't buy them was used to harass another student on a weekend when I should be with my phone. Like, we've, we've got to kind of rethink this a little bit. Like I know we're the access to those other students. I get it because you can't yeah. get those parents, but I can't share that information with them. Oh, here's that parent's number. Go ahead and call them. That's illegal for right. me to do. So we call the students in and they look at us like we're crazy. Like this was midnight on a Saturday. Why do you care? Right. And they've kind of got a point. <laughs> like I care cause it's impacting a student negatively, but there are a lot of questions about the jurisdictional line, this expectation that we can solve that problem. I didn't give them the phone. I didn't create the software. I, I'm at begging for regulations on this software, but I've got to clean up this mess. And that that's really, a, I think it's a dangerous line to cross if we're expecting schools to somehow solve that problem in addition to everything else. Well, you know, again, we go back to 95 when the internet really kind of became more popular and more global, uh, or at least national, um, in, in, in relating to that jurisdictional, we invited, you know, parents, when they give a kid a computer, invite the entire world, every danger, every problem, every, you know, it's all on the internet and, and it all comes into your room, right? And I was just talking to a, a computer, um, a software developer, security software developer. And the first thing, you know, I asked him because his kid's 11. Uh, he's got the younger one who's a... Um... <laughs> Use your words. You forgot. To, I thought you were going to your add your snore. My snore? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Thank you. You actually did that. You did that to me earlier when we yeah. weren't on the podcast. And then I well, I was just drifting off during that story. I hadn't quite hit REM sleep yet. <laughs> the older brother of a col of a co of a student in my boys' school is my my point of how I met this parent. The point is that the he said the first thing he said was the kid would not have a computer in his in his room that the, the, his computer would only be in the common areas at the house because he understands that he's invite you know he doesn't want their a 12 year old kid to have access to everything around the right. world yeah right and um and it also is extra work you know it just is harder it make it's more time consuming it's but that's parenting and, yeah, and, and I'm not saying that the parents of, of this kid that got bullied are bad parents. I mean, no, I don't know no, the whole situation. Time. I'm not suggesting that. What I am suggesting is the demands of being a parent 
have greatly increased with all this technology because we have to, you know, that, that, that a kid, you know, for me personally, I'm going to let my kids know they, their texts are my texts. Like there is nothing I, I there. This is a yes. global thing. I will show them on my phone that I see all of their phone. Right. So the expectation of privacy, when you're an adult and you buy your own phone, you can be have private, right? right. Until then not happening. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I've said it before and I'll say it again. It's never been harder to be a parent yep. of a teenager, never been harder to be a teenager. That's right. Trying to navigate. No all, question. All of this, this craziness and, and without any rules and without anybody that's, I mean, they are frontiers people in the sense that they are forging away this iGen generation that they've only been digital. A lot of them have been raised with iPads at the table as infants. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and, and again, I will say that their brain chemistry is likely different, their brain structure, their brain connections, uh, certainly or their ability to sit still for five minutes is, is, is much their ability to read a novel. Well, right? they've, they've got the research, the, the shape of the brain is physically changed. That yeah. this. And, and, and Gene Twenge, whose new book is out, Generations, which I cannot recommend more, just got even more research. She's burying people with the data and the research on this while other people are trying to deny it. But, uh, you know, as I was talking to a friend who worked in the video game industry for a, for a long time, and we got to talking about the AI part of this. Yep. And he, you know, because now they're like, oops, I made AI. I feel bad about it. Right. Like, oh, that's convenient of you to go on the radio circuit to say I shouldn't have invented this thing. Uh, and you know, he's talking about, he's been in development for years. He's, he's a retired CEO and they're talking about, a, they're uh, building a, an electric plane. So it would be a, just like a, a Tesla, it would be right. a fully electric plane. Aren't the batteries heavy? Well, that's what they're working on. But he goes, they're going through these hoops of regulations of the battery, if it fails and drops out of the plane and it falls, it has to not be able to explode. So they have to do all right. these regulations. but. Here you go, seven-year-old. Here's a smartphone with access to everything that's ever been created, including all of the hate and terribleness. Right. right. Figure it out on your own. There's no regulation on that product whatsoever. Right. No responsibility on the part of the company that has created it or the app developers or any of that, while these other companies are jumping through all these hoops for safety reasons. And, you know, uh, and, and we'll see about Minnesota. I mean, Minnesota passed the law banning TikTok, mm -hmm. but how do you... You know what does that mean really and and what 14 year old kid isn't going to be able to get right uh, wisconsin's TikTok in st paul right now we're crossing the border <laughs> to get our TikTok fix i mean like and then it'll be something else you're going to ban TikTok right. and you're going to ban something else it, it there has to be a rethinking of all this and i uh my team sent me an article today about there's fortunately the trend is starting where parents are holding off on the smartphone until way later because we've yep. seen the damage you know, not that it's too late for the kids who have already had negative impacts because it's never too late to change. Uh, but it's nice to see that starting to happen. But I, I'm still, you know, steadfast in when are we going to hold the creators accountable for this and start having some requirements? You can't just make something, throw a Molotov cocktail in the middle of a crowd and say, well, you know, people really wanted it, <laughs> you know, like that's not okay. And that's what we're doing in, in many instances. Uh, I know we, we beat up on the phones and the software a lot, but they deserve it. Well, just what's interesting, I, I, I think, um, you know, we saw the, 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 uh, the advancement of, the internet and when it hit uh, 
uh, a million users or a, a, a hundred million user, 10 million, hundred million users. You know, they talked about that with the, with the phone phones, with the internet, with cell phones, and each thing has progressively gotten much faster to, to hit that uh, critical, to get over the chasm of mass consumption. They said that was going to happen with NFTs. We didn't, <laughs> we didn't see it materialize. Everyone, the, uh, let's see, we are about an hour in, and that was the first reference of NFTs by Don. So if you're, you've got your Don bingo card going at home. Hashtag crypto bro. Okay. <laughs> anyway, that, we're still waiting out. on the NFT million users, the wallets. But um, this AI thing has permeated, I mean, in a matter of months, it has permeated American uh, psyche. Right. You know, and in fact, my 88 year old mother was telling me that the month of April, her Episcopal uh, church has had four weeks about AI and Christianity. And, and, oh, wow. and you know, so she's telling me about AI <laughs> and the awesome. Christian perspective. Oh, that's um, fantastic. Yeah. So, uh, but again, the, the, the half-life of all of this technology, both from, from creating it to implementing it is speeding up, which again is, is being put on 13 year olds who are, are going through puberty, who are trying to, who are getting a surge of hormones, who are trying to figure out who they are in relationship to other people, which was hard enough, you know, in the 1800s. Well, and our teachers, you know, I right. got an email from an incoming eighth grade parent saying, what are you doing about AI? Right. And this was eight months ago when we weren't really talking about it yet. I was like, do you have a plan for AI already? I'm like, a plan like to teach it? Like a, a class? To, to address it with cheating and all that sort oh, of thing. Like, right. how are you handling it? Because the kids can just cheat now, right? Yeah. And it was one of those moments like, okay, well, I've got to talk to her and explain how we teach in the classroom. Because there's still this image of you stand in front of the class, right. you talk, they write things down, they go home, do homework, and come back and take a test at the end of the week. Right. That's not. What That's just is. not how teaching works anymore. And so having to educate the parent on that, and she was great. I explained, you know, the, we, this has been true since turnitin.com. I mean, we've been cheating forever and teachers are very good at, at finding that AI is a different animal altogether. Granted, well, I, I, and, and you, you mentioned, and not that we get, uh, we, not that you have any uh, promotions, but I will say that the two um, educational uh, technology software tools that I loved were ed puzzles because you could create questions within the videos to and, and it, which forced kids to watch them all the way through that they could both be uh, multiple choice or uh, full answer short answer uh, um, which was a great way to make sure that the kid had to watch what was going although they'd right. still be on their phone or reading a book or whatever but the other thing was turnitin.com because it was mm -hmm. so effective and I believe and I've got to, I'm sure turnitin.com will tweak what they're doing and if they don't they'll be left in the that's yeah. been of history. Um, but, but the AI won't be any different in the sense that we'll be able to see what's real and what's theirs. Although there are always kids that are going to find a, the shortcut. Yeah. It, it, you know, I explained to her, I go, most English teachers work on essays in the classroom. That's so you're right. watching the kids actually write it and drafts. And she went, Oh, that makes sense. Okay. And I'm like, we're going to be okay. We'll get through this one too. AI is, not world ending everyone relax at least right. not yet not be, until it becomes self-aware and builds <laughs> the terminator the terminator and all that but the, i personally i think the biggest challenge for us in the next two years around ai this is an entirely different podcast this may be no, season this two is my, no hold on this is my point 
Do you see how many things we've hit in this podcast? This is happening every single day at every high school in this country, at every elementary school in this country. We're all dealing with this, all of this stuff all the time. I knew this episode would be chaotic by design. This is, this is that's like, education right hey, now. Hey, welcome to our yard sale. Yes. <laughs> welcome to the yard sale podcast. But the, personally, what I think is going to, and this will affect kids, is the, the the 2024 election and AI and how and and the fake uh, the 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 fake videos you know like they have that one Tom yeah. Cruise Twitter you know went around Twitter with where it's not Tom Cruise but it is Tom Cruise and I think that is going to become uh, it was problematic in 2016 mm -hmm. with the Russian disinformation campaigns um, but but I think that that's where we're going to see AI affecting the country in a great in a significant way and that it will agitate and irritate and, and annoy and generate anxiety and and possible more you know uh, uh, conflict um and that the kids are going to feel that and and have to exist in that vibe which uh is a challenge fortunately they're resilient and, and that's a great point the kids are more resilient than sometimes we give them credit for. They're incredibly adaptive. And while we've got all of the stuff swirling around them, and yes, it's had its impact. We know the social emotional health of our students is not great right now. It's at its lowest point, but there are also amazing high points. We just had graduation at Tory. It was a great group of kids, uh, really good speeches, a nice event. And when you see all 630 of them out there and uh, all their diverse faces and all the different things they're doing and going, you realize what it's really about yep. and how resilient they are because this is a group that Which, lost its entire sophomore year yep. uh, to uh, you know online learning and to, yep. to the pandemic. And they bounced back and had a great year. Yep. And they're going to learn a lot from it. So I think your, your point's spot on. Well, let me quote Helen Keller, please. <laughs> the world is, yeah, it is true that the world is full of suffering, but it is also full of the overcoming of suffering. Hmm? What a great sentiment to end on. <laughs> isn't, isn't that Fantastic. why you have me here? That, Absolutely. And the, that and the construction. That and the background noise and the off topic. The long stories about some guy you knew at some point who knew another guy who did this thing. So, if you have enjoyed Don and I doing this over this season, we're probably going to be doing a little bit more of it in season You're two. You're going to love it in season two. <laughs> I will be taking the summer off. Uh, so, I'll be taking, I mean, I'm not off work. Uh, that's the other misnomer about teaching and principles. <laughs> Uh, I'm not going to complain. I got two weeks off and I will take my two weeks and enjoy it, but we will come back, uh, in August with season two of what's best for kids with some new episodes where, uh, Don and I are going to talk about, uh, what we learned about education during the pandemic. I think we learned some really good lessons and, uh, things about ourselves as educators and how kids learn updates on my books. Uh, we'll give some updates on your books. I'm going to talk about school start times. Cause at least Tori, this was our first year of, California mandating us starting at 830. And I want to talk about what worked and what didn't. Uh, spoiler alert, I am not a fan of the later start time. Uh, and, and then with the thing about later start time is you have a later end time and that brings you into four o'clock traffic in San Diego County. Yes, which is not the issue for me. I we've actually found that kids are getting to school later. Now that we've started later, we have more tardies first period than we've ever had. And really? we're starting an hour later. It's crazy town. 
Uh, and then I'm going to focus one of the big ones because I think uh, all of the stuff we've talked about today in this uh, this episode that was on many, many different topics, the unifying um, piece of this is what I call college or bust. We're still so focused on getting into college at all costs that these problems we're seeing with vaping, as you're saying, the anxiety and all, all of these things are connected, in my opinion, to this one topic. So I want to uh, dive deep into that one. We're going to um, and try to have a fun one with my friend Kara Dolnick, who's principal of San Diego Academy. We're going to do one uh, called You've Got Mail, where we're going to read some emails that we get and how we responded to them so people can kind of see what it's like being a high school principal. This one wasn't fun? Uh, this one was a lot of fun, yes. See, I was nice to <laughs> Why do I take it? Right, why do I worried. take that personally? <laughs> and then I don't know if I'm going to be able to pull this one off, but we're going to talk about dress codes, which is these days seems to be on par with gun control and abortion in terms of dividing people <laughs> and getting people worked up. We're going to try to address the complexities of uh, dress codes in season two. So I hope you join us. Don will be back for multiple episodes. We'll have some other great guests on. I also want to close and thank uh, Julie Union, who was on uh, my episode Represent. Uh, she was the board member who was on. She's done an amazing job promoting the podcast and helping us out and a good friend of the show. So thank you, Julie, if you're still listening. And I know you are. So I wanted to give you a little shout out for all your help with the podcast because it's been a lot of fun. It's been a great season. I really thank all of my guests, especially Don, who allows me to come down and invade his house every so often and uh, do these episodes. So thank you, Don. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. See you next season. See you later. That's all for today's episode. I want to thank Don for joining me today, and I want to thank you for listening. If you found our conversation thought-provoking and want to know more, check out our Instagram, at Best for Kids Podcast, where you'll find resources and guest photos. To keep the conversation going, please rate and subscribe in your preferred podcast app. But more importantly, I hope you stay curious, keep asking, what's best for kids? Hold on. Hold on. Construction noise. What is that? The drill? I don't know. But it's continuing. <laughs> okay.